Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery in the heart of downtown Bellevue. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is Jamie Smith of Presence. Hi, LB. Thanks so much for having me on today. You looked at me funny. Did I say something wrong? No. Okay, good. <laughs> we also have um, Andre, one of our fantastic sponsors, who is going to be introducing us to Balanoff Vodka and a couple of other vodkas, and also telling us a little bit about the differences in vodka. I think uh, there's a preconceived notion that uh, all vodkas are created equally, and we all know that they are not. <laughs> so today's show is brought to you by Balanoff Vodka and Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. We're going to be chatting on uh, finding your savvy image. Of course, we'll be doing our socially acceptable, unacceptable, and socially savvy hint. So feel free to join the conversation by calling in at 323-843-6090. And so we get to start off today, instead of our typical wine, we get to start off with vodka. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this vodka that we're tasting now. And um, then tell us a little bit about, because you have a couple of different vodkas that you work with. So kind of explain to us, you know, this myth of all vodkas tasting the same, because they don't. Okay. Uh, so the first vodka that we're going to be tasting today is uh, Balinov. It's a French vodka with the Russian name. Uh, and this vodka actually represents really high-quality vodkas uh, on the market. Um, this vodka comes from the Grand Cru Champagne in France. Uh, and what makes this vodka different is that it's made 100% of French high-quality wheat, as well as uh, Grand Cru Champagne water. Uh-huh. That's what makes a lot of uh, cognacs and wines uh, so popular and so expensive that coming from the Grand Cru Champagne. Uh, so this vodka is sometimes distilled, and uh, the water actually undergoes a triple uh, filtration as well. That What makes this vodka super smooth so you can actually drink this vodka straight well and that's what i'm doing is like <laughs> sipping it it's funny because you do have that warmth like everybody is used to that alcohol that warmth of it but um sipping it it has a sweetness to it that is unexpected mm-hmm. and yeah it, it it surprised me what about you same thing um uh, very smooth very warm but has a great taste to it it does it actually it's funny it has a taste because i've always been raised that vodka is the whole idea of it was to be refined to the point where there is there's no flavor so it can be lost in a drink or that kind of thing um you had mentioned that it was distilled seven times i've heard some that are distilled 12 and 15 um is it true that the more times you distill it the less flavor it's going to have it's basically the reason Vodka is being distilled many times is to actually remove any unneeded particles in the alcohol. Okay. That makes it too harsh, um, too bitey, I would say. Yeah. Yes, and so the more you, you distill it, it's supposed to be smoother, but it also depends on what kind of water you use and what it's been distilled of. If it's been distilled from uh, different grains, uh, that vodka might not taste as smooth and as tasty as, as the other ones. Okay. And I, I just wanted to tell people that if, if you're looking at buying up vodka, it's actually the trademark of it is two polar bears 
uh, playing with each other. <laughs> it is a really cute bottle. Um, I will actually get that up on the Socially Savvy website, too, because uh, people like to find out what we've been drinking so they can drink it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing. We look forward to having you um, tell us a little bit more about some of the other vodkas here in just a, li a few minutes. I think we get to have three or four tastings today, so we're going to have to be cautious. Yay. <laughs> pop chips, thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping all the fake stuff and at least half the fat of regular flavored chips out. They take the finest in natural ingredients and add a little heat and pressure and pop. It's a chip. You can find them at a local grocery store near you or online at www.popchips.com. We've got pop chips in our swag bags today. I absolutely adore those. Okay, so with that, we are going to go ahead and jump right in with our image specialist here. Thank you. Jamie, um, you are new to the area. Yes, I am. I should, well, I should say newly back to the yes, area. Yes, I'm newly back. And uh, we've met socially, which was fun, of course. I think we met here at Gunners. We did meet at Gunners. Yes, we did. So this is very apropos that we're here now. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, Presence, which is your image consulting that you have just recently fired off. Um, tell us a little about what it is you're uh, doing with that and uh Kind of where where the whole idea where where did this brainchild come from? Perfect. So um, presence is brand new. I have actually been a photographer for 12 years and worked a lot with women. And um, I've also taught yoga and Pilates for 11 years. So worked with women kind of in an image image based way, but also in that personal um, the soul of who they are. So where this came about is I've known that my purpose is to help women see the beauty in and of themselves, but then to present that in a professional and a way that really fits who they are and what their personal purpose is. Uh huh. So I, I work with women. Um, first of all, we consult and figure out what it is that they do, what their purpose is, what their passion is, and then we transform that into a look or an image that matches who they are. And I teach them, you know, a lot of a lot of tips and tricks. Um, I also worked as a personal stylist for Nordstrom for a while and got some great, great... We have a little bit in common there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, and so I really, I, I take them and, and take them kind of on a personal journey to, one, recognize who they truly are, um, their true beauty, and then bring that out on the outside to create an image that matches who they are. So it's, it's kind of a large um, incorporation of things that I do with them. We will go shopping. And we will look at who they are and, and what colors they need to wear. Um, and that's that's the outside portion of it. But we also really journey into the inside and, and figure out who they are and, and what they love and what they're all about. That's, that is awesome. I think a lot of people struggle with image. Um, number one, just kind of understanding what it is. Um, of course, whenever I try to do something or we ever top, uh, we uh, tackle a topic, I try to make sure that we start off with the definition. So I'm going to run into the definitions here real quick. Um, definition is a mental representation or idea, uh, the general impression that a person, organization, or product presents to the public, making a representation of the external form of who we are as well. Uh, understanding the definitions of what it is you're trying to do, it gives you a really good starting point to figure out what it is that you are doing. 
um, and where it is you're trying to go with it. So um, I would say, and you can you can tell me if you agree with this. Uh, probably one of the first things is understanding kind of what you want out of your image when you go out there. Do you want it to be portrayed? Um, how how do you want to be portrayed? For myself or as as women in general. So um, for me, I you know as I help women, I take a look at at who I am. I know what my purpose is. I know how I want to be viewed. And so I always strive to present that in a fashionable sense so that that image matches who I am. And so what I what I do is I help women find that. Who are you? What is what is your professional um image that you want to portray? And then we create a visual image that matches that. So that there's not a question so it's not confusing you know, as to who you are and what you represent and what you are and, and what your purpose is. I love that. And, and um, one of the things, too, I want to kind of touch base on is I think I'll, some people, as we're going through life and we're trying to figure out who we are or what do we want to do or how do we want to be seen, um, a lot of people kind of get caught up in just going with the flow. So they're on a river and it's wherever they take them. That's who they are. Or that's the image that they portray. You know, I don't have a lot of money, so I can't have really nice clothes. So um, I can't be this or I can't be that. How do you um, help direct somebody who is coming from that space of not quite sure where where to start because they feel like they're limited because of life circumstance? So that's a great point that you bring up, especially with the um, the money aspect. So first we have to define who they feel they are and what their purpose is, what their love is, what truly makes them happy. That's where we start. We start on the inside, and then we take that, and I show them how with their budget. You know, we all have a, we all have a different idea of what expensive is, and we all come from a different place. And we work with wherever they're at to truly start portraying who they are. Um, I grew up without money and had an amazingly um, talented mother who's a seamstress. And so I learned how to, on a very tight budget, portray who I felt I was and do it in a creative and very sophisticated and savvy way um, so that I, you know, it's not about breaking the bank. Style is not about how much you spend. Style is about really being the best you and, and doing it in the best way possible. So I definitely teach women how to do that, um, shopping within your own budget. I love that. That is awesome. Uh, one of the other things I want to touch base with, too, and we're just going to kind of bounce around through some of these topics. Uh, you know, obviously, when you're getting started and you want to try to figure out what your image is or what you want the image, it, it's always best to have somebody there to help you get started. Uh, yeah, you can kind of peruse through the Internet and do research on questions and, um, like, for instance, makeup. If you're not quite sure, you know, there's services, you know, different department stores have different services to assist you with figuring out makeup. Um, you can go online. One of my favorites is to go to Mac and look at tutorials. I think a lot of people get really intimidated by them, but uh, they and many other lines will walk through how to do basic different looks so you can apply your own makeup, whether it be Wet n Wild or Chanel. It doesn't matter. Um, but in, in doing some of those things and in trying to figure out where to start, where do you find is the easiest place for people to start? I know you talked about from looking at the inside out, um, do you think sometimes it's easier to start with the clothing or do you think it's easier to start with a thought process? So for me, I really feel like with each of my clients, I have to know who they are first. So we start with that, but that easily forays into an image. I also ask each of my clients to 
find a couple of women, and could be recent or from, you know, historical past, who embody the look that they love, who inspire them. And we, we go from there to create a look and a style that is truly uniquely them, that fits their personality, that fits their purpose. And then we'd go out and we go shopping. Um, a lot of times I will take them to Nordstrom, um, just because Nordstrom's great, great service, great people. And we just start there and kind of start building, looking at things. We, we visit makeup. Um, we talk about hair. We talk about all of those outside things. But it really starts with that idea of who they truly are. I love that. I love that. Pain Center of Bellevue, a integrated health clinic, provides medical doctors, pain management doctors, chiropractics, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and much more. Using cutting-edge treatments, they can provide non-surgical solutions to pain management. Stop living with pain. Call and schedule a complimentary consultation with one of their top doctors. Go to www.bellevuepaincenter.com. They've been one of our sponsors and um, are fantastic with when it comes to... Um, swag bags and coming to events and they do neck and uh, shoulder massages so there it's a great introduction to them <laughs> all righty let's see here uh, well as we move along let's go ahead and just touch base with um, savvy hints one of the savvy hints i have for image is to be yourself right from the start uh, whether you're trying to walk your way through it yourself or you're looking to get professional help from somebody like Jamie, I think it's really important um, to start with who you are. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they're trying to recreate themselves, they feel like they have to take on a persona that's not their own, which can actually slow down your progress and confuse the person or the people that you're working with. Um, it's kind of like trying to put a glove on that's too big or too small or, you know, tight jeans when they don't quite fit. <laughs> not only are you going to be uncomfortable, but it's not going to look right, whether it be an attitude, um, clothing, makeup, it doesn't matter. So my first socially savvy hint is be yourself right from the start so that you you remain true. And it's very easy to put on that persona because it is a part of you. Okay, so let's see here. We have this other vodka. Tell us a little bit about this one. So the next vodka that we're going to be tasting right now is from the producer name, uh, located in Ukraine, and the producer name is called Nemirov. It's a trademark, um, and this vodka is a super good vodka. <laughs> uh, you were, we were talking about different tastes of vodka. Yeah. So uh, this is a completely different character from the vodka that we tasted before. Uh, a different water was used, a different grain was used, but also with this vodka, and it's called Nemirov Lex. This is their uh, elite vodka. Mm -hmm. It's been distilled 11 times. Wow. But it also been, it's also been macerated on uh, oat flakes and on uh, lime blossoms for six oh, wow. months. Wow. So you, you see that it's a bit stronger vodka on a taste. Ooh, it has uh, a beautiful really, bottle. Yeah, it's a beautiful bottle. It looks like a... I'm taking a picture so I can download it for yeah, the listeners. it looks like a sore uh, or a handle of the sore. Oh, wow. See, if I will take it... Then it does. It looks like a sword. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> and Nemirov is spelled as N-E-M-I-R-O-F-F -F because a lot of people are asking me, what is Nemirov? So Nemirov is, um, comes from the city in Ukraine called Nemiriv, 
And uh, this distillery existed, existed in Ukraine since 1872. Oh, wow. So it's this is very, very yeah. old traditional area. Yeah, and then um, in uh, 1998, one of the owners, the Goose, uh, the, the last name is Goose, <laughs> <laughs> they actually purchased this distillery. And actually, now it's considered to be the fastest growing distillery in the world. Uh, they, oh, wow. they sell a lot of vodka uh, all around the world. Uh, U.S. is not of those countries uh, yet, but uh, they're they're coming to this market as well. Wonderful. <laughs> and um, so, as I said, it's it's the quality of the vodka. You can comment on it. It's a bit stronger, right? And it's, yeah, it's it, a bit stronger. I noticed it was a little bit sweeter. It's yeah. Uh, you, you think it's a bit sweeter, but it's just. Um, a bit thinner on a, on a taste. Well, thank you so much. I love that. This is awesome. I, I'm I'm enjoying that. I, we don't typically do anything other than wine tasting. We've done a few spirits, so it's fun to do the progresso tasting back and forth. Okay, okay so let's see here. Talking about image, uh, one of the notes that I was making earlier, I was thinking about when I was trying to get started, and I didn't have any help. I was, I felt like a kindergartner wandering around in high school trying to find my way. Um, like when we were talking about floating down a river and letting it take you, uh, one of the things I notice a lot of people don't do is they don't maintain or control their image. Uh, they have a tendency to let it run amok. And I think this is where, when you were talking about image being inside and out, where it's connected to how you, um, you know, put yourself out there as as well as what you dress, um, that running amok can take you off course if you don't pay attention. So this is actually something that I talk about with each of my clients is creating a quote-unquote uniform and in that I don't mean a boring uniform, but the uniform that fits them, creating a, kind of a map for dressing, their wardrobe. They can have an inside wardrobe and an outside wardrobe. Um, I work with a number of different types of women, so a lot of them in the professional fields wear an actual uniform, but when they're out and they're portraying who they are as a person, they also have a social uniform or a you know personal uniform, what they wear at home that they feel comfortable in and, and um, helps them be productive in and of themselves and who they are. And so we really define that. We create a, um, a wonderful visual list of the things that should be in their wardrobe, the things that they need, and things that they may want to add to add a little flair, and then just those basics that, um, that work for them on a casual basis. And once they have that, it really creates the, the base for who they are, and we try and stick within that because people do. They they tend to like want to go out and get a little, like maybe a little too crazy. And I always say, you know what? Take off a few pieces, then <laughs> take a few off, and um, be a little more sophisticated, a little more chic, and much happier. But you mentioned something earlier too that really speaks to what I do, and that's teaching people how to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable in what you're wearing, it's going to show. So whatever you wear. Whatever you're doing, you've got to be comfortable and you've got to feel confident. I would totally agree with that. I like that a lot. Um, when getting started going out publicly, uh, there's some things that I've always thought of as guidelines to get started um, so that you don't go too far one way or another. What would your suggestions be for um, hemlines and necklines? 
So um, there are definite there are definite guidelines here, and in the day and age of Facebook, things are going to get posted. So always recognizing that there may never be a moment that that is really private, um, except in your own home. So when you go out, just remember that you do have a public appearance, whether or not your job is a public persona or not. I always try to remember that when I go out, I may run into someone that could potentially be a client, and I dress as such. Um, even if I don't have business meetings, I always dress for business. And if that's you know not your profession, and if your profession is something else, always remembering that you know you're seen in in a public way. Um, going to the grocery store, even put on your makeup, do your hair, get dressed, girls. <laughs> You never know who you're going to meet, and it's it's better to be overdressed than to be underdressed. As far as hemlines and necklines go, um, I always say a little more conservative is better, and you're going to be more comfortable if you're if you're trying to pull that skirt down so you're not showing too much leg. You're going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to it's going to show through in whatever you're doing. Um, and then you know personal preference for necklines. Keep it keep it business, girls. You know, um, but. But I don't think there's anything wrong with showing off your assets, too. We all have something different about us that we love. So really, you know, focus on that thing that you love, and it's going to make you feel very comfortable and confident. And if you have amazing legs, show them off. We were speaking of Facebook and um, image. When you're talking about social medias where, yeah, there might be a picture attached, but for the most part, it's a lot of portrayal of words with very limited images. Um Recognizing that your image is speaking through your words, so choosing your words very, very carefully. Uh, it's not to say that you, again, can't be yourself, but I learned that using a lot of slang and profanity, it can create a lot of confusion in who it is that you think that you're portraying when you're trying to maybe um, reach out or be approachable by what you would consider a younger crowd when maybe you're not as young. Like, for instance, me, I'm 44. I have a tendency to look more like I'm in my mid-30s. So can I get away with a little bit more sometimes? Yes. Should I get away with a little bit more? Probably not. And it took me a little while to just realize that uh, anytime you're using not proper English per se, but uh, your verbiage is without profanity and um, slang, you can get a much sharper point across than when you do try to fall into what you think is comfortable. I agree with that completely. And part of that image, it's not just a visual image, but it is really bringing everything together so that it, it you're portraying something that's not confusing. So as a business professional, I don't want to be seen as not professional. So whatever I say, yeah, and profanity is and stuff back. can come across as very, very unprofessional. Not professional, absolutely. And there are a lot of things that um, that we see that are posted that gives you that confused message. And so we definitely don't ever want to be confusing to those around us, and especially to those that really don't know us. And a lot of our friends and acquaintances only see a little snippet of who we are. And so keeping that image. Um, concise and clear is really important. I like that. Okay, let's see here. We chat a little bit about the external form. There was something, oh, okay. Um, for socially acceptable and unacceptable, we always try to give people uh, situations or ideas on um, 
like socially acceptable is something that if somebody doesn't recognize it automatically as something that's cool, like it is socially acceptable to not use slang. I think some people think feel that, you know, when you're in Rome, do as Romans. Yes, to some degree that's true, but you don't have to insert certain words. Uh, so that would be a socially acceptable. Do you have anything off the top of your head that you would say that maybe people just aren't sure of to kind of give them a hint on what to think about? As far as speaking or just being socially acceptable? Um, I think the most socially acceptable thing is um, to be yourself from the start. Just to always be yourself. If you are, If you know who you are, and you are portraying that 100% of the time, you will be socially acceptable. And that, you know, that doesn't involve bringing in things that aren't you. If, if it's not you to use words use that, yeah, use slang, then don't use them. You know, just because someone else is doing it, don't do it. Be a leader. Okay. Socially unacceptable. One of the things that I really struggle with is when people go out socially, uh, they're trying to get their feet underneath them. They're trying to get a feel for it. You run up against a lot of people who start to challenge you, especially if you come out, um, maybe they knew you before. Uh, maybe you had a previous image that was maybe not where you wanted it to be. How would you suggest people kind of deal with that with maybe a negative stigmatism or maybe a, an image, maybe they were insecure and now they're coming across stronger? How would you help them to kind of break that trend? So really um, it comes down to finding your confidence in no matter what it is that you're doing. There are going to be people who question you and question your motives, but if if those are coming from a place of who you truly are. And for me, um, I always gauge things as, am I making decisions based out of love and coming from who I am? Then I really try and not look at what other people are saying because there will be people who have their own ideas of who you are and what your motives are, especially if you're, if you're changing. But to truly embrace who you truly are and, and putting that image out there and and not worrying too much about those that are negative and really embracing the positive feedback that you're getting. I like that. It's it's frustrating that in this day and age, our culture makes it acceptable to tease and prod. We have opinions about things that have nothing to do with us. I, I've seen over and over, and I've even fallen a victim to this, where you know you see maybe an older woman wearing leather pants, and I've had people go, oh, she, 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 you know, that's just way, she's way, way too old to be wearing that. That's just not appropriate. Um, and that's where I started to disagree and, and go, well, wait a minute. If she walked out of the house and she feels confident and she's walking the way she's walking and she's looking the way she is, just because you perceive her to be of a certain age doesn't mean that you need to let that opinion out of your brain. You know, there are um, monsters. We don't let monsters out running amok. We don't let, you know, we, we lock up killers. We lock up people who do bad things. So I think you also need to be cautious and lock up some of the the verbiage and, and some of the things that come into your head that are unbidden and not um, helpful. If it's not, if what you're saying or doing or thinking isn't helpful, encouraging, or um, has some kind of a positive effect, don't use things like, well, it's the truth, and then pass your judgment because you're going to 
number one, you're going to hurt somebody who is trying to move forward and you'll pull people back. But number two, that's another way of hurting your image by portraying onto other people what you think they should be um, in negative connotation. Well, and as as such, as people, we actually hold ourselves back when we try and hold other people back with our negative ideas. But as we move forward and try and build everybody else up, coaching them, we move forward. If you if you're moving forward with positive energy, you're going to help other people move forward. You're going to move yourself forward, and that's really what it comes down to there. But when I'm 80, I hope I am rocking a hot pair of leather pants and some stiletto heels, girls. Because I promise you, I will. I love that. It's one of the, I've seen um, women, they're just petite, little, adorable, and they're, they're perfect from top to bottom, and um, just to hear some of people's comments. But, you know, you made a good point in talking about image. Sometimes when we're getting started, we are coming from a place of negativism, um, negative experiences, uh, negative self-image, not just that we didn't really have an image of who we are, but we had maybe a negative image or negative um, influences in our life that we're trying to come get over. Uh, what would your... If you were one of those people that has a tendency, you're trying to improve your image and you have come at life from a very negative point of view, what are some of the words that you would caution people or, or triggers that would help them to recognize, hey, you're coming from a negative place? So generally most of the people that I work with when I start working with them have come from a place of pain or they've had some negative life experience that they're trying to move forward from. And so we recognize that, and you know, we all we all come from our own personal experience and negative things that we have to overcome. So we recognize those, but then we move forward. And moving forward, we look at what's going on on the inside, and we start being less judgmental with ourselves. That's where it starts from. You have to look inward. We can change everything on the outside, but until the inside changes, nothing's really changed. And that beautiful image isn't going to really show through and shine until that internal dialogue is going on that's positive. And so really looking looking inside, I take, I take all of my clients inside. We start on the inside and go to the outside, but really, you know, loving yourself, loving who you are, knowing who you are, knowing what you love, and seeing the beauty that is you as a woman, um, and then allowing that to come out. But I do, I hear it a lot. I hear a lot of negative self-talk, and I hear a lot of negative negativity towards others. When I hear that negativity in someone else towards others or towards themselves, I know there's, there's internal things going on. It's not an external thing. So we address that first um, and, and change the way we speak to ourselves inside of our head. It's really simple, but... Honestly, for women, it is one of the hardest things to grasp and, and truly embody that, that love for yourself. I think that's a, a really good point. Um, one of the things that I did, because I was concerned with some of the things, how I was coming across. Number one, I have an insecurity because I have a lisp. So I always worry about am I being clear and concise enough. And one of the little tricks that I did was when I was talking with a girlfriend on the phone, I put my phone on and I turned on um, the audio notes, so it was recording my voice. Now, I didn't turn it on speakerphone because, obviously, you don't want to be recording other people without their knowledge, but by doing that to myself, I was able to hear, and yeah, I was a little bit more aware than I normally would, so I was probably watching verbiage a little bit closer, but it was funny to play back and hear my voice and hear how I was approaching um, 
in you know fluctuations and in intonation was I coming across as kind of snarky when I really didn't mean to. Um, so doing little things like that, if you if you have people who have said, well, you know, sometimes you can be a little bit this, or sometimes, you know, if somebody is approaching you and taking the time to say that perhaps uh, one of the reasons you're not where you want to be or you're not being perceived the way you want to be perceived is because of how you're speaking or what you're saying, um, take a moment and, and realize that those are those comments are coming from a place of caring about you. I think a lot of times we have a tendency to come at everything from a place that somebody's just being judgmental. They're they're trying to make our life difficult. They're not coming at a place from a positive influence on us. And I think if you can start to turn your thought process around a little bit and realize that when people, 99% of the time, when somebody says or does something in your direction that is coming from a place because they care about you. This is true. We don't try and help people that we don't have a vested interest in, and we can make our our little side note comments, but to really approach someone and with that courage it takes to tell someone something that's going to help them, absolutely take it as coaching. You know, we listen to our coaches. If you've ever played sports, coaches want you to be better. They want to win. So if you have coaches in your life, take that. Take take what they're giving you and and take it for what it is and take a good look at yourself. Um, Coaches and critics are totally different things. So so really, you've got to recognize the coaches in your life and the critics in your life. The critics, you can let go of. Critics don't do you any good, but coaches will help you. Absolutely. How do you think, what's the easiest way do you think to differentiate between a coach and a critic? Critics will make negative sidebar comments um, that really aren't meant to help you. A coach will take the time to sit you down and say, hey, I love you, and this is something that I've noticed. And they're honest and clear. It's not passive-aggressive, and it's not aggressive. It's just clear, honest, good feedback. I like that. That's awesome. Well, we have the the uh, epitome of what I love, which is, is champagne, um, sitting in front of us. A beautiful, beautiful bottle of champagne. I'm going to have um, Andre tell us a little bit about this. And I know that this is new to the air, so I'm very excited that we get to feature it. Okay, from vodka to champagne. It's really good <laughs> jump. <laughs> so what, what I can tell about this uh, champagne, it's a dry muscata. It's uh, called Santero Muscata Royal. So this is the top of the line of this company, and this is a great pink uh, champagne that is not overly sweet, uh, but actually it's really pleasant and thin and uh, flavorful. And um, I just recently listened to the news, the um, business news, and they said, oh, Moscata is getting its ground finally, and people started to recognize that Moscata's uh, you know, you could produce really great wine from Muscada grape. And so all around the world, the Muscada is actually gaining some ground. So that's why I decided to to go with the Muscada too. <laughs> and I was able to uh, spot this really nice company, Santerra. And uh, we do have uh, flavored Muscada wines with them, the sparkling wines. That is peach and pineapple and mango and coconut, um, and as well as this top of the notch muscata that is 11% of alcohol. Because usually you would get only uh, six to nine percent of alcohol in, in these wines, 
here you, you get 11. That means it's a bit drier, uh, sparkling wine than uh, normally. And that's why when you taste it, it's not overly sweet, right? It's just pleasantly sweet. And uh, that could be your uh, really nice wine for uh, birthday party, weddings, uh, because the bottle is beautiful. It looks good with the white. <laughs> so... It does. I mean, it's a. It's got a beautiful blush to it, and it is. It's um, for those champagne or sparkling wine lovers. This is a nice alternative. A lot of people have a tendency to kind of shine away from sparklings because they say they're too dry or they're they're um, really abrupt. Uh, this is very soft and smooth. What do you think, my dear? Absolutely delicious. I have never been um, a fan, and you've definitely made me a fan. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. We are going to be featuring all three of these on our page so our listeners can check them out. Um, we will put the hyperlinks so that they'll know where they can go to buy these as well. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. So we're going to wrap things up a little bit with uh, finally with the socially unacceptable when it comes to image. We touched base a little bit on, you know, it's it's totally unacceptable to be critical of other people. What other things would you say that uh, would be unacceptable that like right off the top of your head to be aware of um socially i you know we really again going back to the internal and um, if you're trying to tear people down it just it just tears yourself down but truly you know becoming aware to that when you're out socially people are watching you and to to always be aware of one who you are and what you want to represent and if you don't feel like you're representing that, just just make a change, you know. Um, the way you speak to people, the way you stand, the way you greet people. If you want to come off as more confident, then, you know, take that internally and embody that. Go up and be the first to say hello and introduce yourself. Um, there's just, There's so much that comes with not how you're dressed, but how you address people, how you look people in the eyes, how you shake someone's hand, how you say hello. If you're the first person to, you know, introduce yourself, give your name, you know, take take that first step because it really goes so far. It's not always about what you're wearing. It's about that, you know, body language. I would totally agree. And coming from a place where I was very insecure when I got started, um, there were a couple of rules of thumb that I started out with, and one of them was I always smile and say hello to everybody. Um, if I would break into a conversation or if I need to address somebody else when I was in a conversation, one of the big things I made a point to start doing was um, if I did allow something or someone to cut in, I would make contact with the other person and smile at them. I would address and then I would come back and I would reiterate where the conversation was going. And you were saying, I'm so sorry for the interruption, you were saying, um, life is like that. You know, you have things that come in and out and how you deal with them, like you were saying, if you deal with everything with grace and dignity, uh, people will, you'll earn people's respect really quickly. Um, if you're not real confident talking, uh, I can be a jabberjaw with the friends and stuff that I know, but when I'm first getting started, I'm always worried about, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Um, I was always worried about, am I wearing the wrong thing? Uh, one of the things I took into consideration and started doing was I would say that hello, and then I would out ask open-ended questions, and I would use my faculties proportionately. I would listen twice as much as I spoke. 
Uh, and for somebody who's a Jabberjaw like me, when I get excited, it was it was hard in the beginning. <laughs> uh, but it did. It made it so much easier for me because people like you when you are interested in them and not just interested in yourself. So that in and of itself can be a confidence builder. Uh, you know, get out there and just start saying hi. Comment, make a, a nice comment about somebody's shoes or their hairstyle or, um, you know, the, the way they present themselves, the way they do business. If you take a look at a human being, any other human being, there is something, 99.9% of the time, something that you can comment on that you can compliment them um, and that is going to help your image and help how you feel about yourself as well as helping them. This is so true. I think the the easiest way into a conversation and going from woman to woman is to recognize something about them that is attractive, um, whether it be their smile, whether it be the way they said hello, whether it be their confident nature, whether it's their shoes. You know, we all love shoes. So recognizing how amazing their shoe choices is a great way to start a conversation. Um, with our show now national, we have started putting all of our local events on our Facebook pages. So be sure to check us out at our for social events in the area throughout the week at LB Duchess and Socially Savvy. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our show to be kept up on um, some of the best contests and stuff because we have fantastic uh, sponsors. They're always giving away great stuff. Today we want to thank our sponsors, Matthews Estates, Shindig Media, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Pop Chips, Daniel's Broiler, the Paint Center of Bellevue, Balanoff Vodka, and um, Presents. Jamie with Presents. i <laughs> my mind today. <laughs> we're going to end today's show. We want you all to um, make every event better because you were there. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes. It was a pleasure having you on, Jamie. Thank you, LB. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye.